and welcome to episode 408 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. My name is Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And he certainly <laughs> loves a plate of bangers and mash. It's Tony Esmond. Veggie bangers, my friend. Oh, always veggie bangers for you, isn't it? Yeah. We, I've uh, told you about bangers and mash for, haven't I? Yeah. Met up, didn't we, in London yesterday for some food and comics. Yeah. And uh, that was great fun. Yeah, we had a nice little day in, in, yeah. in town. I, I, no, unfortunately, I, V wasn't there. I, I was yeah. about to say, I wasn't there, which is why they had fun. Yeah. <laughs> He's texting us, so we had, I was texting him pictures of Dan's book choices in bookshops. Well. Yeah. We were uh, yeah, sitting in the restaurant, there was a dead pigeon on the street outside. People would come up taking pictures of that. Oh. With a dead pigeon? Yeah. And it, the, the only thing about when we got out there, it had been cleaned up, hadn't it? Otherwise, yeah, we would have had true. a picture with it. <laughs> so, me, you, you, you would have had a picture with it. it. What is, is that? Dead pigeon. Is right. that what the, the attractions of London are now? Yeah, I can imagine you sort of take the photo, you put it into Instagram, like cut down all the, desaturate it, put out the contrast, and then go like London, the real London yeah. hashtag. Gang- gangster. Yeah, so like, this is what it's all about. It's I like, killed this pigeon. Artist, uh, artistic. Just, 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 just in case that anyone uh, worries, no pigeons were harmed in no, no. the making of no. this podcast or no. in the nonsense that these lot got up to yesterday. Oh, One other bit pigeons. of nonsense I said when, like, it's a burger restaurant, and the man said, How would you like your burger? Like, done all the way through or, or like half cooked, whatever. And it's like, Hang well, on, are, bur- are those the choices, Dan? I'm glad you're <laughs> yeah. not. No, you know, <laughs> you know, like. Medium. Like medium rare medium. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, this is a burger it's not a steak you cook it all the way through if you don't cook it all the way through like the people you're serving it to are going to get food poisoning and he annoyed me because he tried to take my plate before i'd finished and then he yeah, says oh, i tried true. to pay in cash we don't take cash fuck off first it's not cooking burgers all the way through and next it's not taking cash <laughs> welcome to the show everyone yeah. Um as you can tell we've got a, we've got to start off silly. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a great show for you this week. We were we just finished having a brilliant chat with Wolfgang Crow, owner of the best name ever. Yeah. Yes. So and also the creator of an absolutely fantastic book that Fractures that we're going to be talking about. We go um, deep, my friends. We we mm. do indeed and it, it was a fantastic chat. And speaking of fantastic do you know what I think is also really fantastic? Me? Comic yeah. House. So, oh, oh, yeah, Comic House as well. Uh, Comic House, of course, <laughs> are our sponsors. You mentioned Tony reading Comic House. That's even better. Oh, oh my word. Be still. In a pair still. of short shorts in the garden. Yeah. Couple of beers. <laughs> Calm down. And like, hold Easy. on. Poof, check my blood pressure. Easy. That's what Comic House will do, we dear. <laughs> they are an indie comic marketplace with a difference because they love indie comics as much as we do and as much as you do because that's why you listen to this show. There's a huge selection of titles on their database. If you self-publish yourself and you want to get your work out to a, a bigger audience, you can list your book on there and you can start selling it straight away. But also get your digital copies onto the Comic House app. It's brilliant. Basically, on Netflix comics, only £3 a month, you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics that's been added to all the time. Um, guests, past, present, no doubt future have been on there, as well as us. We've got some stuff on there as well. So um, if you like what you hear on this show, why don't you go on a comic house and do a bit of a search? You never know. You'll, you'll find some absolute gold on there, all kinds yep. of stuff. Um, so there's a 14-day free trial. And uh, to find out more, just go to comichouse.com and find out today. And thank you to Pete and the Comic House team, as always, for sponsoring the show. Um, we're not going to all the we got. There's going to be some tomfoolery and some awesome recommendations, um, of course, uh, at the tail end of the show. 
but we're not Bef- gonna we're not before gonna we go in do we want to give this number out well yes, yeah yeah to, yeah to lead into it obviously what you're about to hear is a fantastic discussion about the book fractures um it's also we talk about some serious topics here and we're all about being informative on this show and helping people and as such tony do you want to take it away yeah so we do talk about some troubling issues in this and we do talk about some stuff that might be upsetting um but perhaps sometimes it's worth hearing. I think um, mm. if anything in this, if if you've suffered from anything similar to the, what we talk about in the interview, or you know you need to talk to someone, then please go to mind.org.uk. You can also reach them on oh three hundred one two three 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 nine three. That's oh three hundred one two three 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 nine three. If you're having um, any other issues, the Samaritans. I can also. I've got a friend who's a Samaritan. She's great. You can go to one one six one two three, and that's in the UK. To go and try those um but yeah this is a great interview man i was really mm. impressed with this dude yes you know. yes very much so yeah and as such um here is our brilliant chat with the one and only wolfgang crow okay folks this week we are very pleased to be joined by the creator behind the phenomenal comic series fractures it's wolfgang crow or as we know him because now he's now he's a friend of the show just wolf welcome to the show wolf how cool Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Good to have you on. Good to have yes. you on. It's, yeah. it's really a pleasure. It's yeah. it's truly uh, another example uh, on this podcast of just discovering a comic out of nowhere and finding out more about the, the creator and just the book itself that we're going to be talking a little bit more is absolutely phenomenal and just yeah. it's it's one of the best things. Down to Tom, Tom and the Colossus. You know, Tom was the one who mentioned it on the Slack to me. That's why I got copied it originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's your publisher. Yeah, they're good dudes, aren't they? Fantastic, honestly. I can't say how good they are. Like the the praise I can give them. You know, good, good man. Yeah, yeah. They they really enabled me just to just um, put myself out there. Um, Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's certainly, and we'll get into the book. soon enough and it certainly it's a as you say you put yourself out there and it's a very personal autobiographical sort of tale in some way so and we're going to talk a little bit more about autobiographical books as well because mm. a wolf also um helps teach them which mm. is uh, yeah so, so they'll be they'll be able to tell us a few things about it because as you know the the hosts of this show know nothing that's why we get guests no. on yeah. Uh, um, well, we but, do know to get guests on. That's yeah, we know to get guests on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but just to get us started, and so that listeners get to know you a bit better, like, how did your um, sort of journey in comics start up until this point, Wolf? God, my, I, I've always been interested in comics. Um, I mean, I used to read like Spawn and like Sandman when I was like six. I used to steal them from my brother. <laughs> oh dear! I used, to, I used to steal them from my brother because I wasn't cool enough to go to the shops alone. Um, and you know I, I used to draw when i was a kid and really my sort of exploration to comics um was a sideline from a main job i used to be a storyboard artist um I, mostly just tv commercials here and there okay um, hmm. and i found it quite limiting in the aspect of you know like you can't tell a lot of um, nuance in the formats you know it's gonna be translated to the screen it isn't meant for um, the consumption of somebody's own pace. Mm. It's kind of yeah. not meant to be sequential in the same way a comic is, I'm guessing. Is that how no. I'm going to say it? Yeah. You're, yeah, you're very right. Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, where, where was I? So you're a storyboard artist. Where do you go yep. from there? Um, I found it 
incredibly limiting and i i literally had a i i had a um a crisis basically i had a moment of like real doubt like what was i doing with my life um was this what i wanted to do um am i good enough um do i have anything worth saying and i knew i needed to really sort myself out so i basically went to um a psychologist and um i showed them all my comic book work mm. and they were very very kind um they looked right. my work and they they asked me like where was i in it and i i was really perplexed by that question where was i in it and they said um there's no inner reflection of your your life or beliefs or interesting and that is really that's like a portfolio review by you know a yeah is yeah, yeah. It, really, it really was I isn't was... that amazing yeah and that's also like you hear i mean a psychologist saying that and that's that's very different and there's i'm sure there's a lot of artists listening now that when they showed their school their art teacher the the run-ins that we've all had with an art teacher who look at your comic book work or your sequential work and immediately go well that's not real art do you know what yeah. I mean? It's sort. It's, it's very different. It's, it's unusual to get that very different response. A very different but, perspective. Fascinating. But to me as well, it's like I I have this theory that I can tell a little bit about the artist in some strange way yeah. by their art. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's your personality. Once you get more freer in your line, and you know it's more it's more you know you you feel free to put down on the page what you want to put down on the page. There's there's personalities in people's you know if you take for example george perez is you know you, you know attention to detail for example yes or sinkevich's you know flow of emotion and you know free free form drawing and stuff like that there's there's something about you did, did you learn something about yourself in that way Wolf, or? yeah i really did you know right it's it quite a, a shock to the system because I, I realized you know i spent all these years um you know freelancing doing all this stuff and I never actually spoke about myself or really talked about any of the things that I knew well. And 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 you're right in some aspects, artists do do self-portraits in in all their work, you know. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I I I will say this hand on heart. I had a problem. I could not talk about myself. Were you a bit blocked? Do you think? Still do. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Um. Blocked is probably the the most kindest word I would say. <laughs> right. Um, okay. I I was gonna lay down my pencil, you know. I was just not gonna do anymore. Hmm. Um, and and they said to me like, you need to, you know, think about what you want to say and and where to where to say it. And I thought about um basically my my universe experience because that was the last time I felt true to myself and able to really express without um you know a pay a being paid to make art for people and yeah yeah and and I, I went back to university and i i did my master's degree over in during covid okay uh, okay so what in order to find your art more fulfilling was it and what kind of masters was it you did it was a master's in, uh, it was a master's in illustration and it really was just to try and like figure out am i going to be an artist anymore okay mm. right so at well, that point, you not considered I'm going to do anything, a comic about myself uh, and explore that side until that was put to you. Because to be fair, I, I've never considered that myself. And so yeah. did that, that come as, as a bit of a kind of out of left field? It really was, you know, um, and it was so obvious that I, I've been I've been needing to speak about things for mm -hmm. a long, long time. And um, mm. as I, I 
as a as as a you know my life i've always been told not to um emote um, as a as a man as a as a son um so to talk about yourself um and especially you, you know the personal thinkings or emotion thoughts behind um your actions or just your being mm-hmm. um it was very alien yeah right. so the I art was symb- symbolistic yeah. of the repression that you were forcing on yourself yeah. you're saying sort of thing. extremely mm-hmm. yeah interesting and, and also yeah. the, the like the page be it um whether it's a sketchbook or a comic page, is a public space, isn't it? It's a very pub- once it's there, once it's down. Yeah, on the especially page, when you're putting it out to the there. public to see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's something that I've only recently sort of started to learn and respect mm. and really um, appreciate the yeah. the response and responsibility of of um, telling a true and helpful story. I've got to say, I'll take my hat off because I, I'm not sure if I've got the kind of strength of character to be that real and put that stuff on the page. So, the yeah, fact I can, yeah, yeah, I've tried it. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I can't take my hat off I to think you and anyone that does it. Sorry. I disagree. I think everybody yeah. can tell a story and it only takes the right encouragement and okay. time to do so. Interesting. So we talked a little, I know we, we had a little, a little bit of a, a chat before I'm Wolf about, um, about putting yourself out there Mm. now you really did that with this story so when you went back to do your masters was that after or before this event that you describe in practice had happened um so the event itself happened in 2015 and okay so it was after that yeah um i graduated in 2000 uh, yeah 2016 i believe oh that's been a long time (laughs) Yeah, um, I did my masses during COVID, so um, it all happened previously. So, um, do you do you think that that was one of the reasons you couldn't feel freer on a page? Something. It, it, no joke or lie. Um, the the hate crime itself, um, it it did mute my voice for a very long time, and yeah. being able to even talk about it was, you know, people don't want to listen to this sort of stuff, um, and that's kind of absurd because if we don't talk about things, they don't get better or, yeah. or yeah, really. I, I, I disagree. <clears throat> I think, I, I think a lot of autobiographical comics aren't honest enough. We talked about this before we started about the airbrushing of comics. I think what comes across this is the absolute brutal honesty you've got in it, man. It, yeah. it was, that's one of the reasons I'm so impressed with it. But I, I think I'm maybe you could, at sinner. this point, I'm just a person. So, yeah. I'm all men, but the, I think it's probably just worth you mentioning now for those that haven't read it, and they should have done. But if those that haven't read it and need to buy it now, what's it about? So what happened that caused okay. you to do this comic? Yeah. Um. So I mean, talk about it as as much and as little as you want. Yeah. Man, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm very open to talking about it. I mean, this is what okay. I want to do. This is very important to me because in this age of, you know, um, homophobic rise and turmoil, mm. it's more and more precious to be honest and expressive about pure ignorance and hatred yeah okay that's what i found um so during my second year um at university the the break between second and third year i spent the summer working for my father in his plaster workshop while my friends were in other art studios across england and it was kind of a dead-end job but you know I, i learned a little bit of plaster work and a little bit of history and all this stuff and this guy came in and i've only been i was only at the job for about two weeks and I've, I've never encountered somebody who was so, so, um, not mean, but like, 
I want, I want to say evil, but that's no one's yeah. truly evil. <clears throat> this, this man is this man is an absolute bull of a meat monster. Yeah. 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 yeah, hateful, hateful is yeah, it's yeah, hate filled. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. This guy, um, this guy came in and he was aggressive at first, and yeah, and um, eventually he came back and um, was very physical. Um, physical enough that I lost consciousness from being strangled, mm. and yeah. um. The resulting books are about the legal prosecution and um, coping with it in probably the worst time possible for any student of art or final year of university. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Um, Which I, you deal I, with at the start of the book, don't you? That's you. You. It's almost. Is that right? That what you're yes. dealing with there? Yeah. In the beginning of the book, we, we address. Um, I, I basically address the issues, and in the following books, it will be addressing. Um, the aftermath and um it's sort of like an ouroboros it wraps around itself and um, okay mm. it's very yeah. much uh, because it's, it's a book about trauma and a traumatic event obviously mm. and i'm guessing and, ptsd as well yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah and of, of course like like all these stories the trauma is one part of an ongoing story isn't it which is um and yes. you don't i mean certainly i mean we could say it a million times over but you know th this book is is very powerful and you you get right to it um but in a very honest and um it sounds weird to say it but there's a real poetry to your um storytelling and narration symbolism and, yeah and yeah. the symbolism yeah. in it that really sort of like draw you in yeah um what was it that made you um i mean some of the visuals i mean before Wolf came on, and we were talking before yeah. we started the show. We were just talking about, well, I buy this page. Well, I, I yeah. love this. This this. Type of page. I'm gonna tell you, Wolf, you better not be doing this fucking digitally because I'm gonna be buying a page. Um, but there's some wonderful. Digital. Yeah, there's some wonderful. Oh. Oh. Tony's gonna cry now. So print, so print. Uh, yeah. Um, but there's obviously there's some wonderful sort of symbolic um, pages and stuff. Yeah. How was that? You know, coming up with those things. You know, what was the thought process, and was that in working on a comic especially something like this what was it about it that you found to be helpful yeah there's a lot of storytelling yeah. decisions you made there as well man as part of that mm. there, you know so my psychologist uh, introduced me to carl gustav young um yep. who's amazing you know he talks about the archetypes of of story and people and he says you know life is a story and people mm. are characters and have different aspects towards them um, the, the you know the shadow, um, the wise old mentor, all of this stuff, and and in reality, um, I, I, I examined the trauma in that in that lens, and I I lent elements of story beats and iconography towards people who, from my perspective, embodied those elements that Carl Jung was talking about. Okay, so the archetypes of you know because the psychologist plays a part in it, doesn't it? Almost, yes, you know? very important yeah. actually. Lots yeah, like a bookend books. storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So when you kind of like, right, I'm going to tell this story, and the the, the kind of the, the 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 function of like, how, how am I going to do this? Is it just going to be a linear timeline from A to to D, whatever? Was the act of trying to like, I've got to tell tell this horrible event in in, in a narrative. Was that tricky to kind of construct? There are many ways to tell a story. Um, a pure lin linear narrative is uh, the simplest one. Mm -hmm. um, however, I, I think, you know, 
trauma itself lends to a fractured narrative quite literally okay. past mm. and present for those suffering with cbdsd or ptsd is a constant and i i have that i i do it's the flashback scenario thing is that what you're talking about where you talk you fix that in a moment stuff like in, that yes in fact i remember the good things yeah in fact, I, I listened to uh, the, the the wonderful um, review you first gave me, and you hit the nail on the head when you said there were certain things or um, imagery that stuck in my mind. And right. yes, I, I I pulled them from my subconscious, the ones that remained, and they held they held symbols. They held they held so much power in in my mind. Yeah. I mean, coffee mug yeah <laughs> man the coffee mug page is my favorite page so yes but very powerful. the way that you use symbolism in this you use symbolism that relates to the actual story so people that will find out what the coffee mug means um but mm. it rains coffee mugs near the start of the book but also you use perhaps more iconographic i can i can you know icons of previously used um symbolism like water for example so water's a yeah. big a sim symbolic thing in dreams and stuff isn't it you know and absolutely the drowning and the swimming underwater and the you know head above the water stuff beautiful stuff man. beautiful yeah i can't i can't spoil most of uh, the, the next books but again right. you know, the head tony you really are good at this <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah water plays a major part I, I live in a seaside city so it's always been part of my life yeah and i'm also a pisces so uh right okay interesting yeah yeah yeah, and then the fact the policemen are big eyeballs. That's that's a real yeah. as well to me. The, yeah, they... the, the new books do play around with sort of perspective and um imaginary concepts of, you know, again, the archetypes of people. Um I think it is okay in autobiography to lend or anthropomorphism or sort of heightened reality um to people yeah. because you're not, you know, you could you could render this perfectly, but you're missing, you'd miss out on the emotional impact mm. that um, you as an artist can tell. And that's something I always recommend when I teach. It's don't think about people as people, think about people as moods or powerful forces that pull and push you away. I, um, I think visuals can enhance your story mm, and because yeah. you're a visual medium <clears throat> to yeah. plan and convey emotions provides context and a sense of yeah. your own interpretation. I think it's mm. it's comics is its own medium and you you're using it to its best benefit. If you'd like you say if you're just telling this linear storyline of you know, two people talking, it may as well just be a stage play. And yeah. there, there's, also, there's also an element of, you know, when it comes to any kind of story, when you step out of it, um, people that don't necessarily know the context of the story, they don't know, don't know what the comic book is. Um, there's just, just say it's a talking head, you know, this versus a talking head mm. book. And someone picks it up in gosh or wherever they look through it, and they, they're just flicking through it. And they're just looking through it, just think, this is just a book about people talking, put it down. Whereas they pick this up, and it is just an absolute smorgasbord of fascinating imagery and just be like well, what's going on what is going on here hmm. and yeah a part of a comics job in, in in a sense is to just capture the reader to to get get people I reading um, i reread the fight today and that just took me off you know i thought well, i'll dip in a couple of pages you know make sure i know what i'm talking about later i ended up reading the whole fight man yeah 
do you know what? It was really hard to edit it down. When I right. when I, I did um I, I made fractures for my final year project and for my master's degree. Right. And it was over five hundred and fifty five pages in length. Wow. <laughs> um the fight scene itself was way longer. And you know, it, it, one of the things about editing that I've I've found, especially when it comes to autobiography, is you have to be selective mm. and careful of what you want to put in and out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I hope I did a good job. In- no, man, you did. And no, I think no, stylistically no. as well, you went you went from a comic on a couple of pages that reminded me a little bit of a black and white Dave McKean thing going on. Oh, and then, But the fight is full on fucking Jack Kirby. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this dude, the dude looks like he's out of a Jack Kirby comic. You know, he's got that much sort of bombastic, just mean, spirited strength about him, mm. you know. Mm. And you seemingly grow a little bit in as well. I mean, no spoilers. You fucking give back as good, almost as good as you get, I'm going to yeah. say. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, it's almost like watching a, a fight in a superhero comic for a couple of pages there, man. You know, because you fly through walls and stuff, don't you? You know, it's almost <laughs> like that. You know? Yeah. Well, that's how it felt. Yeah. Know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that that's the point, isn't it? When people read this, they have to say, like, what... Like, I mean, when we read comics, we our brains are sort of wired in a certain way to the comic medium and that sort of visual language, mm. you know. So people can... Like, imme- I, you can exactly... You know, I'm not... I'm, exaggeration may be a simple word for it but you know it can really get to a comic reader's sort of mind it also grabs you i'm rooting for you through the fight in the same way do you know it's like that as i watch Mm. it yeah um so i always think um comics you know they can offer a an absolutely unique unique perspective on life um because you know everyone's so different and how they feel or react to a situation is completely um their own and um you know, it's amazing that you can take away that um, from with from visual information. You know, you weren't there at the fight, but you're feeling these things. And mm. a lot of books, and we did we did talk a little bit about sanitization of like airbrushing. Don't yeah. do that. And I I, I don't know. I, I I think there is a. I don't I don't know. There, there there's some some there 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 should be a boldness about it, an intensity mm. towards. Yeah. Um, work that pushes um the boundaries i mean i've said it before on airwolf it's the one thing i want out of an autobiocomic is honesty mm. and i think we had a we had a, a series of comics um where we saw that for example rv Car and eddie oh. campbell and people like that you know i'm guessing is an influence i was going to put you in a minute yeah, good man yeah. like um when i was making fractures during university um we barely got 45 minutes a week to talk to teachers right so mm. i consumed every single piece of you know picard bouchard um uh, david smalls just uh, didn't say craig thompson maybe uh, craig thompson and um, chester yeah. brown um, oh man we yeah. love chester brown here yeah. he's yeah. nuts isn't he yeah i love chester brown <laughs> <laughs> have you read paying for it oh my god um the, the man is a master <laughs> yeah. that's a um, hell of a book yeah yeah and i think like you know those those people back then like the 70s and 80s were really saying something yeah and we sort of lost that for a long time i don't know why i think what's maybe ruined it to me i think where it's arisen from is um the rise of the internet internet and diary comics where yeah. people are quite happy to put themselves talking to, i've said this for donkey's years talking to their cat on the couch you know well i want something more on it something more mm. you know mm. um and, and, and they I, paint I, themselves I, as sort of very sort of 
moral and yeah you know, but there's cute. also I, I think sometimes when you see those things um just to go back to editing and self-editing people don't know how to do that especially like when we're talking about a medium that is talking about ourselves with an autobiography you know where do you edit it because everything everything about your life is relevant to you it's relevant to you and it's important to your life so wolf to ask you this i mean to edit an autobiographical book is probably difficult anyway but how much more difficult and was it for this book where everything must seem you know where did you learn to sort of cut out pieces because everything must have seemed so important do you have to walk away and come back and go right mm. no sensibly thinking we don't need that you know it's mm. a bit like that sort of thing when i was at university before the lockdown i was very fortunate to go to a lecture by david pearson and um he is the guy that did the penguin books um the recent new ones the ones that you know um really re-energized the brand right and it wasn't even for illustration it was for graphic design but because of the university of Plymouth, you could go to any lecture you want to and i made a real point because you know i was suffering so much and i needed to find myself again to go to everything i could and mm. this talk that david pearson did changed my life in it he said the words the book is a precious object and that resonated with me so much because he thought right. how much books can save and help people mm. okay. and if you can use your own experiences to help others going through maybe similar or um you know those who are even interested in it you i, I think it is a, a duty yeah. to do well, so that brings me to what i was going to ask you man and this is important i know you you've, you've clearly been through a lot only we've only seen a small part of it i'm sure but yeah. the um in doing this comic have you helped yourself mm. yes absolutely yeah um, okay. How did how did the process of that go? Because I know th- there's ways of distract. You know, PTSD treatment involves distraction and processing what you've been through, and you know, there's a lot of elements to it. And mm. Where where was the where would this sit in that sort of process? So, um, I always say that when I drew it my own way, with my own hands, with my own dictation, I cemented the mental ghosts that was in my mind and I gave them form, and I controlled how they looked and acted. I took back the power that somebody Mm. took away from me, Mm. and I rendered it in such a way that it can embolden myself to talk about it, because now I control the narrative once more, and I can use that narrative um, in a beneficial way, not only for my mental sanity, but hopefully for the world at large. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and if you don't mind me asking, because yeah. we haven't seen the end of the book, is is the process side of it, the legal side of it, is that done now? The entire book has been um, rendered. We are right. just in the process of inking and really editing it down so that it um, basically shines. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, gosh, sorry. That was... no, I mean, I mean the the process of the legal process around the the attack. Yes. Is yes, that so. all done and everything? So you you can quite happily talk about. You're not in the middle of it. You you're you're no. dealing with the aftermath. Of, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. I suppose. That was that was one thing. Not only um, my university were very concerned with. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, I was making this in their in their time, but also closet press, and and it's all it's all finished, and everything I put out is 100 true. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Mm. And so I have no 
qualms about rendering it or talking about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's what it is. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, just, it would have been a, a really unimaginably difficult thing to have it brought up at a trial, for example. Do you know what I mean to have the comic yeah. you've made? You yeah, know, God. You know, the disclosure issues and stuff like that around it. But yeah, okay, interesting. There's, there's a few. Um, there's a brilliant book called The Self Publisher's Handbook. Um, right. by, I think Amanda Segwig, Segwig, I may have got that wrong, but in it, it does talk about sort of the legality of um, using real people. And obviously this person yeah. who um, not only attacked me, but um, to quote himself, is a famous homophobe, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. is a real person. And, um, you know, I've changed the names, the likenesses, and under in the book that's basically how you cover yourself and that's why i always recommend to anybody that is going to be talking about a difficult subject matter you must protect yourself um as best as possible yeah yeah because yeah. you never i mean fingers crossed this is going to be very successful and you know you don't want anything further down the line that stops you becoming a millionaire off this fucking bellend's <laughs> actions Do you know what i mean well I mean, yeah if you see what i'm saying to so, me success doesn't matter much about the financial aspect about it. it is more about the principle of i i did i'm doing this for my own sanity <laughs> yeah um, okay yeah of course yeah um yeah. yes <laughs> in in doing so i mean off that and it's i mean this is a it's a real exercise in therapy in itself isn't it doing an auto buy a book or, or things like that yes um, um was there a point during this because it's an unimaginable like I, I can't imagine it. Like to to revisit that was were there points when you were like, I can't do this because you're having to revisit that. And comics take a while, as we all know, people. So yeah. you've got to be in that mindset yeah. for a long time. Were, were were there moments where it's like I have to stop, or did you take a temporary stopper at any moment? There is um, in in some of the the newer books. I would say worse things than the actual strangulation. Oh wow! Um, in the sense that emotionally, yeah, um, it, they affected me more. Yeah. Um, there are there were times that I had to really think about: Am I capable of even talking about this to myself? Mm. Um, let alone rendering it in such a way that um, I could show it to people and. I would break down. I, I still do break down um, when I talk about these things because they they are what made me who I am, and mm. they are the actions of other people sometimes. And to think about the control of your life um, and and how 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 things affect you, it's it's incredibly um, powerful and. Um, Yes. So basically, yeah. Uh, let's go. Sorry, I, I I went into myself a little bit there. That's um, right, mate. That's blah, all right. Blah, blah, blah. Well, as long as you're okay, yeah, yeah. tell us yeah, if you're yeah, okay no, to go fine. on. Yeah. Can, yeah. Um, I know it must be difficult, man. I know you want yeah. to, but and I know we're, we're, it's brilliant to have you on. But if, yeah. if you're not, you're no, not no, happy no, about it's going. Ab- it's absolutely fine. No, no. It's, you it's, sure? It's, okay. Yeah. It's it's one of these things that um I I, I you have to push through it, and yeah. this is this is where it goes back to that question where you asked, do you have to stop? Yes. You do. Okay. You absolutely do have to stop and look after yourself first. Yeah. And when you're ready and you feel like you can, do it. What perspective does that add to the storytelling process? And that's a strange way to put it, but uh, that's a fantastic question. It's urgency. Hmm. I think the rawness of the subject matter itself can really push an artist 
yeah. um there is a there is a scene in in the newest the next book which um I, I i drew out a couple of years ago and it was really hard and then i redrew even you know a couple of months ago and it was it was worse because now it was it's going to go to print there's more expectation behind it there's an there is pressure mm. and and with that there is that sort of that rawness again and um yeah have you had any pushback from those you know partners or family or friends or anything to say <laughs> you know maybe just not maybe just think you know have you had any pushback against it or yeah i had one person recently come up to me and say do not capitalize upon um, our oh, relationship. Come on. do not benefit from our interactions and well, um i respect them obviously i do yeah and so they have been um even though they're funny enough they actually weren't in my book um but right. um but you know these there are there are people and especially if you're talking about your family you know yeah. you have to tell you're going to be talking about these things i yeah i had my birthday um in february and i i told my parents tearful like i'm going to be talking about you and some of the things that you've done yeah and 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 i know you tried your best then but they were it was inadequate and i'm sorry but it's better to be truthful than mm. to lie and say that you were good in some in, in one aspect or another how, how were they about that if you don't mind me asking um they were receptive which I was very thankful for yes but to deny truth can only hurt um everyone involved yeah, yeah. mate it's quite the process man i'll yeah. i'll take my hat off to you around this yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is what art is, man, to me. This is what it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, not only is it helping you, but this is going to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you must yeah. you must have had some responses around that, I'm guessing, as well. I've I've had I, I'm not joking, I've had some of the, the most encouraging emails from people who are not only going through hate crimes themselves, but disease or abuse or yeah. um true horrors of the world and mm. and just to get an email saying like they want to do this or they they really empathize with the book um even just the first book um it's it's an honor to yeah man. yeah and, and just and it's certainly yeah. uh, I, I mean it it really is and we won't un- undersell this it's a powerful book it is a uh, in mm. terms of a um is this your f- official debut should we say is this- <laughs> uh, Yes, in in the autobiographical comic world, although yeah. we speak about um, the the great the Tumblr great the, the great Tumblr, oh, yeah. we'll get we'll yeah, get onto yeah. the Tumblr career in a second. <laughs> um, I mean, to come out of the gate with something like this, uh, there's there's not there's not many people a who you know even even if they want the way you've delivered this is powerful on on many levels. Um, and I think it will it will inspire people to do similar things to be brave enough. Um, auto, yeah, autobiographical comics, they are also an exercise in bravery uh, across totally, the board. Man. Across totally. the board, yeah. Um, which is why, as me and Dan say, we can do it because we're cowards. No, <laughs> we can, you can no, t- but, you can yeah. tell when people half arse it, man. Yeah. It's the thing. There's that, that lack of yeah. realism pings off it immediately. Hmm. You know. Yeah. And yeah. even the di- I can tell the dialogue is so realistic in this, as well, Wolf. That's the thing about it. But one of the things we were talking about the other day was um, 
about you, you're, you're with your family and whilst one person is ringing the police, the other person is looking them up online, mm. which is yeah. so realistic. Yeah. And that's what people yeah. do now, isn't it? You know? I mean, yeah. the only, the, again, this is the thing. This is one of the things I always say about people who want to do autobiography. You have to research, revisit, and stay 100% truthful. And right. that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, mm. it's, but that's what people do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how it works, you know, mm. these days. Because if yeah. there was someone was writing that scene in a fiction, that those kind of elements of imagine wouldn't be present because it's that old truth is stranger in the fiction stuff, but stuff that people do in in crisis situations yeah. isn't stuff yeah. that would, be, would make cinematic or, or yeah. a, a story, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, mm. while someone's ringing the police and saying you're badly injured, someone else is looking them up on Facebook. You know, it's just... Yeah. But, but yeah, it's got that... In, in the book as well, that, that page just uh, underlined the point. That whole scene has a figure watching over the entire... Uh, I won't spoil what it looks like, but there's a certain, there's a very much a comic book element that you can't get anywhere else. That's why comic books are such a brilliant medium. But there's a certain, like someone's watching over, which adds another element to it. That this is a, it's a, it's a personal sort of scene, and yet someone else is there that shouldn't be there. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's that, it's that kind of thing. It's my uh, dark passenger. On the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there is honestly one page in this that made me think, I need to get a Hellboy commission off you as well, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, if we can just sort of switch to style and other comic books, because um, your visual style is, you know, so wonderfully sort of represented in this book, um, which is what gives the, the book its weight. What... Uh, I mean, you've named some of them already, but what are some of your like your artistic influences and like storytelling influences? Okay, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Artists love this question. They do. That's it. No, yeah, yeah. I always, I always come prepared with notes. I, I can't. <laughs> I was so nervous about talking to you guys because I, I don't know how people react or how I should react from people. But I knew you want to talk about influences. All right. So, right. Here we go. The late great Tim Sale. Um, nice. Yeah, probably my the reason why I got into comics was Batman, the Long Halloween. No, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I I got that. That was my one of my first like, oh my god, comics are the best medium ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tim Sale, um, Richard Corbin. Um, wow. Well, okay, I can yeah. see a bit of that actually. Now you say it, I can see some Corbin grotesquery in some of these pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. But but um, my my. John, my sort of influences spread a little bit further into like cinema. Um, so I'm very um, influenced by like the work of uh, Stanley Kubrick, David Lynch, mm. yeah. um, specifically um, Satoshi Kon, who um, produced and created um, Perfect Blue. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And he his work especially influenced fractures beyond a shadow of a doubt. His oh wow way of sort of seeing the world in dreams and mm. um, reflections of the mental states was um, paramount to basically me even being able to talk about this sort of stuff. Yeah, because also like, especially when you're, you're dealing with symbolism or dreamlike states or any any kind of like or metaphorical imagery, etc. Um, you don't want it to be at the expense of you, you don't want people to sort of read or watch something and then go, what is this? What is it? I don't. I don't know what this means. Like there has to. There, there's the link, isn't there? there? There's. There has to be. And I. I think that's what. Why we all responded to this book, 
so much is because the visual links are all there aren't they the the water the sea the mud you know everything's just there but it's still connected rather than being some artists may go over the top in a in a sort of art artistic exercise just for themselves that the actual narrative loses itself um yeah no i absolutely agree and and the connection is the most important point yeah um to simply put something onto the page and expect somebody to interpret it is, I think, a folly. You know, you're not actually putting any physical or mental thought into the production. Um, you know, I could have rendered um, the fight scene in a hundred different ways. I could have not include um, um, the water or the coffee mug or the broken imagery, but it all has a place. The the, the breaking literally happened in the fight. You know. That's why when I was strangled, and sorry, spoilers in the book, um, the, the, the literal structure breaks because mm. that was happening. My larynx was um, being um, stressed, uh, stressed, <laughs> um, Rushed, yeah. Yeah, crushed, yeah. broken. And uh, my head was bashed and my eye was, my eye was bloodshot and blood. And um, I get also, oh, another influence would be, um, Francis Bacon. Um, okay. Violence yeah. itself, you know, um, to really touch upon it, you have to embrace it and understand the, the physicalness of meat. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that Bacon also says that art is only an interpretation of one other thing, you know. So he's, he's saying like anger or a street, you know, it's, just, it's, it's reworking of one other thing. And I think what you've got there as well, you've got. The, the the villain in this is the epitome of bullish fucking meat-headed anger and homophobia and you know he's 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 almost an archetype in himself spite, isn't, isn't he? it yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like unbridled mm. spite and nastiness yeah and a real person nonetheless yeah, yeah. Mm. they're out yeah. there man they're out yeah. there i'll tell you now yeah yeah um but in terms of like your process obviously um as we found out you you um you teach autobiography yeah, you mentor as well. You mentor yeah. people. Is that is that the case? Yes, um, I have worked for many institutions um, <laughs> <laughs> um, here and there, um, helping people um, process their own traumas in the visual medium. And, and you work in for the local university, then? Mm. Is that right, Harley? Yeah. I've mentored for them for a little bit. I've been a visiting specialist, but I've mostly been doing um, like online. Um, uh, uh, a teaching um, at mm. the moment a little bit for safe space for hard stories which is a subsidiary of ldc comics i also do uh, okay um i also do my own sort of teaching on the sidelines with um students uh who are making their own work which i am so proud of i really mm. i really I stress i'm so proud of them is, is there a little bit of therapist in you there as well man do you think it's, it's definitely art therapy isn't it yeah I, well, that was one of the things I researched in my master's degree was art therapy. Right. Um, it was it was all part and parcel with sort of autobiography. I, I researched methods and the, um, the the structure of how you might communicate with yourself in in the visual medium. Okay. How has that um sort of process been? You know, with the, you know moving to doing something very personal for yourself to then talk through with other people about their own very personal things you have to be open extremely open to other people's 
mm. um, love stories themselves. It's one thing that I am very fortunate, um, and I will not go into detail here because I mm. do. Oops, yeah, it's, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I won't say that it takes a toll on you, but there is a greater understanding that you learn. Hmm. You do become a therapist in the sense that you take on other people's mental, not burdens, I would say, but sort of stresses and understand perhaps why they might do certain actions or think a certain way. Yeah. Um, but it is okay because with art and with the time that we have together, we are able to really bring ourselves both upwards. It's it's really, um, I'm so thankful for these people because I've learned so much from um, speaking to them that, um, <laughs> sorry, I might plug my next book after this because <laughs> my next right. book is literally called Other People's Stories. Um, oh, okay. Um, I've, I've, I've literally been so amazed. I've not accumulated, but like, like sort of, I was fortunate to be interviewing these people and those who do not want to make their own book has, have worked with me in, in maybe this next book that's coming out there. It's still in the air, but yes. That's something I've I've done a similar project. Well, we, we, all three of us have worked on it together, actually. I've, I've just sent it to you on a Dropbox link on uh, Instagram, actually, dude, um, where we, we took snapshots of people's stories uh, as told to me and made short three-page comics on them, Amazing. you know, in, in order to just signify that little moment of someone's life frame that little moment and and they're quite powerful when you get them like that you know oh i, I love that that's amazing yeah um because every life has something to teach us and to say that no one has a story is is 100 percent false everyone has a story to tell even if it is unremarkable to the person themselves and that's something that I, I find is very interesting about autobiographical uh, comics and people who think they cannot tell autobiography because, you know, and it is that sort of, I, I've, I've experienced this, this blockage, this sort of, not an underappreciation, but sort of, um, what's the word? You think it's common. You think you shouldn't say it because it's everyone, everyone's experienced the same thing. Yeah. When, when in actuality, it's, it's so unique. It's so powerful. Do you think people are afraid of maybe, I don't know where to put it now, maybe oversharing or being self-indulgent to a certain extent? You know, they, do you think there's a bit of that somehow? Sometimes they, they might take a step back and not tell these stories. I, I, I really wish they wouldn't. I think everyone should say what they need to say. Yeah. Okay. I do get always the, the thing of like, who, who wants to hear about, who wants to hear from me? Do you know what I mean? Like why, what, what makes me, uh, Special, but like you said, everyone's got a story to tell, and you're the only person that can effectively tell that story. Exactly. Um, mm. The best source is the original source. Mm. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I think everyone should tell the stories. Mm. It's not only empowering for the person that is telling the story, but it can help society in at large. Um, there was a fantastic book that I picked up when I was at university called the social design reader and it talked about sort of being an ethical creator in this modern age and mm, okay. it is, it is the, the social designer's um, responsibility to not only do take in consideration um, their methods of communication but how they communicate right and, um, if you can please do <laughs> mm. so if someone approached you and said i'm interested both in like 
I want to do a biographical comic about uh, a moment in my life or a, a period of a time in my life. How do you go about coaching them? What would the first steps be in directing them okay. into doing what they want to do? Well, here is seven things to consider. Hey, here we go. go. All right. <laughs> number, number one, focus on your unique perspective. Um, every life is different. Yeah. And um, your own thoughts and emotions, um, for lack of a better term, are valid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But they are, absolutely. Um, secondly, um, it's to consider a strong narrative structure. Now, you can tell a story in many different ways. You can tell it clearly, linearly, um, or you could break it up. You could tell it in different um, perspectives. You could you could even tell a story from another person's perspective if you um, feel inclined to, if if they were present. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. So now that you mentioned that, I mean, a lot of people in autobiocomics almost use like a cipher, don't they, for themselves? Mm. They like rename the person or... You know, I was reading, rereading Bob Fingerman's Minimum Wage the other day, and he calls himself something else, but it's all about him. Yeah. You know, is that's that's got to be valid as well. I'm sure. I'm guessing to you. Absolutely. Just mm. because someone's changing the name in the book doesn't mean it's not impactful or useful for the person. Also, okay. some people do feel the need to distance themselves from the actual events that happened. A name yeah. or a pseudonym is a is a is complete a good reason to do so. You know. Mm. Um, Okay. So three is to use your um your own visual language to enhance your story. And it goes back to what we were talking about, you know, finding links and imagery and symbolism that means something to you, considering how that can improve your artwork, provide context and enhance the pace or sense of place. Um really is okay. Um, the dressing towards the meaning behind your, your work. Um, this goes on to the fourth point, which is to experiment with different, different styles. Um, traditional sequ sequential arts um, can offer basically an infinite amount of ways to uh, render um, the process of time itself. Um, and the best way to tell your story is however you think is the best way to tell your story. Flipping between genres is okay it's it I, I and you know that's one thing i always do stress um you don't have to be an amazing artist to tell a story one of my favorite books is lighter than my shadow by katie green and in that book she yeah. deals with her um anorexia and quite a nasty thing that happened to her with um i guess you could say a therapist and katie you know is isn't um she wasn't a traditional artist in a sense and her work is you know, it's not stick figures, but it isn't, I don't know, um, like it isn't uh, Fur realistic, wows yeah. or, yeah. or, or, um, um, it's not Neil Adams. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not Neil Adams. Yeah. Would you recommend switching up styles within a single comic? Well, you clearly do because you've done it, but is that something you recommend students and stuff? Is it? If it's know, to get stuff way, across. If it's the best way you can tell a story or it's the way that you think is the most pertinent, absolutely. Yeah. Good. homogeny is is laziness sometimes i think you know to, to limit yourself to a style um can really be a death sentence of the creative process um <laughs> sorry that's a bit dark but yes <laughs> that's right man that's right <laughs> um <clears throat> let's go for five <clears throat> edit and revise like any creative project 
editing and revises, uh, revising are essential to making your comic book better. Take time so, to review your work and make edits that are needed to ensure your story is clear. And that's so at, at which point did you include the Colossus Massive in this? Did did it? I mean, did, were they part and parcel of the editing, or was that something you did yourself? Colossus um, have been very kind and allowed me to be um, the main editor of this. Okay. Um, they've only been really helpful when it comes to wording. I'm dyslexic, so right. Um, um, I'm very bad at typing words. So they've <laughs> they've been proofreading all my things and helping me come up with a more um, I guess you could say uh, readable uh, versions of events, you know, like cool. yeah, okay. how na naturalistic the, the, the words might be. Um, they've helped me uh, translate that a bit further. Okay. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, I guess five and six would be, uh, uh, sorry, six and six and seven would be basically to remember um, that um, autobiographical comics are deeply personal and an emotional process. It is important to take care of yourself and mm. sure um to celebrate your successes along the way because yeah you know you, do, you don't have to put this out into the world you don't have to show this to anybody you could just reclaim yeah event for yourself and keep it to yourself and that's absolutely fine i mean that must have been a big decision for you to go we're colossal for interested this is now going to be sold you know which yeah. is is a different dynamic to doing it just to help yourself like you say, put it in a drawer, isn't it? It's almost like a next step in, step in, take a deep breath. This is now going in the shops. You know, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's it's certainly an experience. It can be bad <laughs> and good. Um, it's an it's like it's a responsibility upon the artist if if you're going to do it. And I will I will stress this. Like I I thought maybe. You know, I could be a reclusive artist and just put this book out and that be done with it. But there are people who will approach you and, and say, like, mm. they, they really resonated with it or they see themselves or see something in it. And um, you, re you respond to it. You always do. And if you can respond to it and you want to, you, you can, you know, you should if you, if you feel yeah. like and also Colossus have put themselves behind it and you want yes. it to sell for them, I'm guessing, you know, not necessarily, like you say, not necessarily for you, but it'd be nice for them. Do you know what I mean? They put out, you know, your book, which is incredible. You know, it's, it's nice, I think, you know. I'm very, I'm so um, thankful for Colossus because um, no joke of a lie, I approached numerous publishers who were scared of the book. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. Scared, so scared that they said it would never be published. Some of them, <laughs> right? And um, well, jokes on them. It really, it really <laughs> is. Um, I had a response once, which was said, um, "The story is good, the artwork's mediocre, but it's too dangerous to be published." Which, okay. well, as oh. as an artist, just made me more infuriated. I would put that as a pull yeah. quote on it, mate. I'll yeah. tell you now. That would be on the poster for mine if that someone said that to me. You know? Too dangerous to be published. Yeah. I, I honestly think intensity is lost and a lot of it's watered down to be safe in the margins of um, yep. money. We talk basically. about that a lot, man. Yep. Mm. There's a fantastic essay by um, Zora Nielsen Hurst. Zora Nielsen Hurst, I believe, called um, What White Publishers Will what, what White Publishers Won't Publish uh, back in the 1950s. And it all comes down okay. to money. 
it all comes down to scared publishers not being able to really approach work that might be challenging or um in uh, you know um say something that is against the grain and you know nothing that i have to say is against the grain i think it's important for i guess the comic book world but maybe society and people in general to really understand and and see these things that should be gone you know homophobia yeah. ignorance yeah. sexism mm-hmm. transphobia all this stuff it's it's amazing that it's still here yeah it's 2023 we should be Ooh. better than this also when we spoke to mark miller he said i don't know if this is on mic or not dan he said the most interesting stuff comes from the underground and the indie that's where the next yeah. revolution is coming from in mm. relation to literature, literature and comics. And, I can't, yeah, I can't remember yeah. he said that on my on on the pod or not, but yeah, he definitely mentioned that to us. That he was saying, right, boys, what's happening in your world? You know, because yeah. he was really genuinely interested in this is this is the next cycle. You know, this is where the people are coming from. You know, and we've got to be prepared. You know, the great revolutions in culture have come from periods where people took chances. Everything from the sixties mm. to punk Absolutely. onwards. You know. And um, we've got to be able to do that. Yes, or else we lose um, not only um, ourselves to um, fear and ignorance, but um, sort of the status quo. And if Yeah, we lose ourselves to banality, Wolf, I think, you know, mm-hmm. just the same old crap, you know, coming out. And, and that's really why it was so important, you know, to take that step forward. And if, if people feel like... Um, uh, here's an example okay so this is this is part of the reason why i did the mass I, this is why i decided to do fractures actually mm-hmm. so for my master's degree i had to prove why i want to spend a year doing a project and so i knew i wanted to talk about what happened to me but i needed to research if there was a hole in the collective culture that could be um not only um, filled up but was needed to be talked about so i went to to the queer zine library mm. um they were doing an exhibition in bristol at the time and i asked them do you have any works that talk about hate crime and these were zines that were collected from the early 50s all the way up to present and the person that was running it said basically to me they don't know and that it struck me as incredibly um not bizarre but interesting because mm hate crime has been around for you know how long how long has ignorance been around yeah. how long has has mm. pure hatred been a thing and yet there is little media especially in the comic book world that reflects it and so i saw that if there wasn't that there already it was a duty to put work that could speak for it not completely for it every i, I think you know if somebody wants to do a a book about their own hate crime they should and absolutely must i'm just yeah. a part of that revolution you're speaking of in in the sense that there are holes in media culture that yeah. people with the right tools should enable and should be um present to tell and, and educate in some sense absolutely mm-hmm. and i think um like with media and this has always been the case anyway but like they don't like things that make that supposedly make people uncomfortable but the whole part of learning is not to be comfortable you don't learn anything being comfortable 
you got a you challenge know, you know. because yeah. yeah if it's if it's not comfortable you already know it do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yes. uh, so you know work like this is important we need you know more stuff like this and you know um and certainly we i mean we want to see more things like this you know on this show and we you know and, and once again i mean there's more issues of this coming out of course as well yeah as, well it's only as, issue one one yeah. of four is it one of four wolf is that yes. right yes. Yeah. yes um so when can uh, what's the sort of current schedule of the future for fractures i'm having a meeting with them my my press um tomorrow and we hope to get the book out and that's maybe two and three out this year oh nice oh, oh wow. that's good fantastic nice. yeah nice. yeah and they hopefully will be um, special uh, because um, uh, I'm making badges and there are... <laughs> Everyone loves uh, a badge, mate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there also might be other things with them. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm very... I, I think comics themselves um, can be more than just the book itself, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. They yeah. can be sort of they could be symbols in themselves and to ignite sort of connection um you uh, can elaborate upon pre-existing media um yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. vague, okay. but i have to be vague right now i'm afraid yeah. so yeah, yeah. Wh where can people uh get the book currently oh. Gosh, it's do you know what we? I've I've just found out that it's in another shop in Manchester, and I'm very I'm so so thankful. But at the moment, it is um, obviously um, provided through the Colossus Press website. It's on it's on my website. It's also in um, I believe Gosh Comics. Yeah, we checked yesterday. There's still copies. Yeah, yep. good. Um, Gosh Comics, uh, Gaze the World, uh, Gaze the Word, which is um, my the first queer bookshop I ever went into. That's, um, I was in the nice. shop just just down there. That's in just off Judd Street. There, isn't it? It's yeah. down that way, out off the back of um, Russell Square. I think that way, isn't it? I would like to do a little shout out to the old Curiosity Shop in Plymouth, <laughs> um, because no joke, it's it was it was it's probably the highlight of my career to have the book available ten minutes walk from where I I nearly died. So. You know, to have it a couple of years later available on the shelf to help somebody going through it. You know, I I, I have to thank them for mm. making my dream a reality of of taking that terrible event and turning it into something that could help somebody else. And so the old curiosity shop in Plymouth. Um, is it is it in Jam as well? Is it? Is, yes, yes. Um, I'm only I, I'm yes Jam bookshop, amazing, lovely. I love that place. Oh. Um, God, there's I think Nash Comics in Ashburton. <laughs> oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think online and around there, uh, we're we're really just starting to get it out there. Um, it, uh, the Colossus and me, we're just what like five people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's good though, man. It's good. Yeah. The the response um, from it has been truly outstanding. I I didn't really expect all this. Yes, oh, it's good well, news, man. We've got um, yeah, we've got a few from the Slack as well. I thought we might while you're still with us, Wolf. I thought we might mention some of the books that people have mentioned. We have a Slack, and there's a sort of podcast discussion element in it. In it. So sure. I thought I'd just mention the ones if 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 what we thought of them. So I recommended Minimum Wage by Fingerman. Have you read that, Wolf? One of yours? Not yet. Yeah, have a look at that one. That's good. Uh, Sam Russell said uh, Eddie Campbell's Alec. I know um, 
Simon and I did a podcast talking about that. It is, that's the brilliant series. Again, mm. very honest again. Um, and he says, but for a single OGN, I'd say Coma by Zara Slattery. Yes. Hits me every time. Big story for everyday people, beautifully drawn and avoiding all the misery memoir tropes that drag a lot of modern autobiography comics mm. down. Um, I haven't read that either, actually. I must get a copy of that. It's very um, good. Cool. Uh, Cole Henley has mentioned Alison Betchell's Fun Home. Fun House. Oh, Fun Home, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's so influential, actually. Okay, cool. Um, Amazing. Cool. Nick Bryan has said um, Spinning by Tilly Walden. Um, I'd like to point out we were the first podcast to ever interview Okay. <laughs> wow, that's amazing! <laughs> Even though I did, it was five minutes. Of, jokes. Yeah, it was five minutes <laughs> yeah. of him making Blades of Glory jokes. I don't know where that's <laughs> <laughs> still counts. Yes, thank you. Uh, Jordan Thomas's box office poison for me. Although I was a, also a big fan of Zoe Thurgood's, also been on the show. Um, it's lonely at the center of the earth, which mm-hmm. is getting a lot of heat at the moment. Yep. Uh, and I think that's it. Um, maybe interesting to compare the more correct. Uh, uh, and Julie uh, Chester Brown, Joe Matt Chester Brown, and Julie Doucette mentioned by um, your editor Tom on the side. Oh, yes. Oh, and uh, Jonathan Sapp said to give a small press shout out for Fraser Geeson's The Cleaner Man of Destiny, which is also a really funny read, really great read. That one as well. There you go. Good stuff. Um, Fantastic. And before we let you go, Wolf, what are you currently reading at the moment? Oh, gosh, what am I reading? Um, so I have currently a little zine by. Uh, where is it? Oh. I can hear him going to his shelves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's walking yeah. to the west wing of his house. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a, a gosh. Oh, where is it? Oh no. Oh. <laughs> All right. I, um, Isaac the Pirate by Christian uh, Christoph uh, Christoph Lane. Um, okay. Amazing book. Um, I've heard of that. Oh, cool. It's it's um so beautifully rendered. Oh my god, I love the European comics. Um, what else am I reading? Um, Horny and High by Ed, Ed Firth is fantastic. The the second volume just got released. Ah uh, yes, um, I'm friends with um the guy in France who distributes it through crowdfunding. Um, yeah, and I, I I got to see a copy when I was on the table. Yeah, yeah, that's some interesting stuff, man. Fantastic. <laughs> oh. Gosh, I hope I didn't put my foot on my mouth. No, not at all. Sorry, not. No, not at all, man. Not at all. Cool. Do we get your website, by the way, yet? Do we get that yet? I think it's. I don't even. Do I even know my own website? Yes, I do. It's a Wolfgang Crow or one world at. Sorry, .co.uk. Yeah, that is Crow with an E. Yes. There you go. So that's a fucking great name you got as well, man. Yeah, that's a fucking great name. Thank you. I was born with it. It was very. very (laughs) Maybe he was born with it. Yeah. Um. But it. Yeah. Awesome name aside, you're creating awesome comics as well. Oh, see what I did there. There's a pun. Well done. Yeah. Uh, But yes. Now go forth and check check out this work and loads more to come from Wolf, and be sure to tell us. What you've got coming up, Wolf, and we'll shout about it on the show. Always, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. And there you have it, folks. Thanks again to Wolf for joining us uh, on the show. We will, of course, be putting out the relevant numbers. If, if anything we talked about resonated with you, uh, stay tuned uh, for the end of the show because we will once again be putting out those numbers. And the and that's a great. It, he was great. I gotta tell you what that. Dude, yeah. Talking yeah. in that depth about it. I yeah. Can, Good on yeah. you, man. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I know we we mentioned it many times, and Tony obviously recommended it on the show, but really do pick up Fractures. Yeah, you guys saw yeah. it this week, didn't you? I yeah. was glad yes. you, you liked it as much yeah. as me. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And we both had, me, me and Dan both had a, a visceral reaction to it. It was a real sort of, whoa. Do you know what I mean? Um, obviously powerful stuff. And I'm also going to read it, read it through again now, now after we've had this interview because yeah. I'm thinking it would be even different now after reading yeah. it. Yeah. From, from speaking to uh, yeah. Wolf. Yeah. And subject matter aside, just a brilliant creative force. Yes. So, yeah. And uh, such a shame that the pages are digital, Tony. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And thanks yeah. to Colossus Press yes. for sending, sending over Thank copies you. and arranging yeah. the interview. That's very kind of Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, speaking of shout outs, what shout outs do we have this week, gents? I've just got the one. So, big congratulations to Jordan Thomas, uh, slacker and regular uh, regular member of our community, um, for their image deal with Shaky Kane. How cool is that? Yeah, that's that nice. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, nice to see. Good to see when your friends do well, man. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's the only one I've got this week. I've got that one. Dan, what have you got? I've got two. I'm sure you can guess at one of mine. Is it Lawless? Lawless, yes. <laughs> Lawless Comic Con, 28th and 29th of May, 2022. At the uh, Double Tree some, by Hilton Hotel. You put some real vinegar on that one, Dan. Yeah, I'm going to say by you. <laughs> well, if you take part in the uh, the raffle, you can win yourself a copy of uh, Viper uh, Crimson Dawn as one of the, the, the prizes. So it's all to play for if you're not really bought yeah. it already. Which... Get on board. You should you should have done really, which you can go to dzpublishing.com uh, get yourself a copy. <laughs> <laughs> shameless, and, yeah, shameless, shameless, shameless. And uh, also Mahoney's issue six, the series finale, the final issue of the series about a bar for supervillains in the epic finale of the Last Stand storyline, smashed through its target. You got three days left to pledge on that. Uh, I recommend doing so. I think you can also pick up all the previous Mahoney's books uh, as add-ons and bits and pieces of different levels. Hmm. So do look, go check that one out. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I've just got a quick shout out. Um, there's a Kickstarter coming up um, from Bigfoot Studio at Ink Funnel on uh, oh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, Contact us today, didn't they? Yeah, this is the Wicker Pasty um, from Tristan Mitchell, who's a brilliant artist based in Cornwall, UK. And uh, the Wicker Pasty risks playfully on folk horror and cultural identity with a side order of Lovecraft and ritual baking. Inspired by the dark, whimsical storytelling familiar to audiences of Footbarn, Bedlam and Knee-High Theatre. Um, we'll probably put another shout-out on the show, but Tristan does wonderful work. And, uh, yeah, this looks really great. You know, If you check out on, on my Twitter account, you see the reply. It's got a great cover. God yeah, I retweeted it on the, um, the Awesome Pod account as well, so it's on there as well. Yeah, yeah. so look forward to that that comes, comes <clears> in. And we'll probably badger him to get some uh, review copies. Shameless. Anyway, Good. Right. with that in mind, uh, shall we recommend some stuff to people? Yeah. I've got yes. the two again, guys. Shall I, shall I bookend? Yeah. You, yeah sure. Go, you start us off. My first one is All Eight Eyes. Um, it's another monster. I read a couple of monster books this week, actually, funny enough, um, after last week's um, one. Um, so, Kaiju one. So, this is written by Steve Fox, art by Peter Kowalski, colors by Brad Simpson, letters by Hassan Otsami. Elahu uh, covers by Kowalski and Simpson, and there's a um, there's a James Stokoe variant which I didn't get my hands on, but uh, that looks great. Thirty pages at Dark Horse. Um, what did you say the name of this was? All eight eyes. All um, eight unsurpri- eyes. Yeah, unsurprisingly, um, all about spiders. So the story. <laughs> uh, uh, trigger warning for anyone listening. Trigger warning for yeah. Uh, Vin is a bit of a useless twat. Oh, I stay on man. Yeah, no, nah, I don't call you Vin. Oh, do right, I? Oh, okay. You're the Vista. Um, he can't get he can't get back into his flat as he hasn't paid his rent, so he goes for a nighttime walk in New York City, uh, and he sees this dude with a hoodie, dude with a hoodie and a dog, 
And it looks like from a distance that he's beating a man to death with a hammer. So he sort of shouts. And as he gets closer, he realizes he's not beating a man to death. There's a man dead on the floor. And he's beating um, a massive, massive, three times the size of a dog spider to death with the hammer. And he something happens and he goes unconscious. And he wakes up later. Vin wakes up and he's in this hideout with the dog and this guy in the hoodie. And he sort of begins to learn about what is happening. And he's actually quite in over his head. And we get an insight into what's really happening. And there's that there wasn't just one spider, obviously. There's a mass of them. And there's something happening with them. And he has to decide whether he's going to help this dude or not and get involved or not. And that's kind of the first issue, really. Um, there's no real revelations in this comic. It's just a fun monster book. You know, with people fighting massive fucking spiders with hammers. You know, that'll do for me. It's not like remarkable or orig- original, but it's just fun. So I think sometimes we just need that, don't we? Um, mostly, I'm going to say mostly because of Kowalski's really solid art, lovely line work. Um, there's some... He does he does some good things. He does the interaction between the two men characters in this. He does that well. But he also does the sort of massive spider attacks and stuff like that. That works really well. Um the, everyone's pretty well realized, although there's only a couple of main characters in it, pretty well realized. Um and there I'm gonna say I'd be lying if I said I don't I I think this would probably work better in a trade. Because it's very much a setup issue. But it worked for me. It was just a fun digital read. I had a read of you know when you sort of surfing the new books I think oh, I just I'll just give it a go you know you often you find an issue one don't you and you think you'll give it a go and it's a fun schlocky um adventure story with a bit of sort of horror overtone so I thought I'll give it a go there is there's a couple of bubble placements um word balloon placements I'm going to say didn't quite work if you if you've got an issue in front of you, you go to page 21 and it feels there's it feels like there's an out of order thing going on there I'm not really sure what that is and the cover um if you guys call it up or with Chang, um, All Eight Isles, um, issue one. It's a little bit underwhelming. It's sort of, they try to sort of do the sort of shadow of a spider over someone running down an alleyway. Um, I don't know why they just didn't put the fucking spider on it. Do you know what I mean? It's in the uh, first yes, issue. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Just go for it. You know, it's, it's only going to sell itself once. you got to go for it sometimes. I think that mm. would have been a bit better. But yeah, it's good solid, good solid comicking out of Dark Horse, another monster book. Seems to be in fashion at the moment. Seems to be quite a few monster books. There's another one out of Scout this week about a massive shark, which I really liked. And uh, the new Leo book, which I sent you the images of last week, didn't I, of the massive head coming out of the water. That's another one at the yeah. moment as well. So there's quite a lot of that going on. But yeah, so that's my first one. It's All Eight Eyes. I just did a um, just a quick uh, Google search of that to see the cover. I totally agree with you about the issue one sort of cover. Yeah. Um there is a a sort of there's another cover I see here that's uh, from previews world that seems like the spiders are crawling out from an alleyway. Is that the Stoko uh, maybe one? Yeah, I think that's the Stoko one. And there's right. an issue issue to yeah, so that immediately that does exactly what you wanted Tony that Stoko. Yeah. One. Yeah. And it, the issue 2 like in this Google search, I think there's a Henderson, is that Mike Henderson? Uh, okay, yeah, does, about, does, yeah. But the issue two cover is horrific, absolutely fucking horrific, and that's why. Oh, okay. It, it's a brilliant. Uh, can you see it on a Google? That one with the spiders. I haven't seen it yet. No. The what spiders crawling over over a face, which is not all there. That's it, what you want, baby. That that's is, what you want. Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking. You know, in the vein of like those old movies, like Slugs. Yeah. And ticks oh, right, and things okay. like that. Do you know what I mean? It's that fucking. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
the or rats something. or something. Yeah. That's what you want. You're gonna it, these books sometimes don't make it to the end of their run. You know, we need yeah. to just you want to fucking go come out, out the gate strong. Come out giant spider away, away, mate. Like, I've got to yeah. tell you. Yeah. 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 Oh, Good stuff. Like otherwise, pleasant read. Enjoyed it. Great. Know, but there you go. Great. Yeah. yeah. I might check that out. Uh, Dan, cool. what have you got? I've got a comic called uh Sokyo X by Corey Tran. Oh yeah. If you go okay. to planetlandcomics.com, so that's planetlandcomics.com, you can read this for free as well as buy the print edition, as well as another comic called uh, New Challenger, which looks like a wrestling comic, but uh, I've not had a chance to check that one out. This, uh, I've had this in my, t- I've got a little folder on my desktop, of, not desktop, Google Chrome of like web comics I'm going to read. I was like, well, I'm going to go to a web comic this week. And this one was at the top of the list to read. This is fucking great. It's just absolute kinetic action, like all the way through, right until the end when you get some uh, story and narrative coming in. But essentially, this one character called, called Senshiro, uh, along with his partner Tori, who's in comms with him, he begins like uh, an assault on this uh, an enemy structure, basically. And throughout, he's just moving, 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 running, shooting sliding it's so good i was just like page after page bang 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 flying through it and he's sort of in and out of communication with uh his teammate as she sort of like tries to direct him to where he needs to be it's very much got sort of manga stylings but yeah there's the the faces have got a lot more of uh they're not like typical manga faces there's a lot more character and features in them uh, but it feels I, a little bit like manga crossed with your style, mate. I'll be honest. A bit <laughs> that I can see that. I can see a bit of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it maybe while well, it appeals to so much to me, it's just I, I really love what uh, Corey's doing here. It's fantastic. Stuff. I want to read more. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of like blast through reading it, and at the end, there's more of a detailed breakdown as the uh, the characters get back to the headquarters and start having a kind of uh, the narrative starts building up in the characters, and there's a lot of interpersonal relationship and drama that uh, Corey's like bringing to the fore, and he's thinking, right, where's this all going to go? But for an, an opening comic, this is a real strong statement. I was very impressed, uh, and I'd I'd urge you to go and check it out at. Uh, planetlandcomics.com and you can read the the entirety entire comic for free via the website and you can buy print editions of it as well so nice lovely man. stuff yeah really enjoyed it nice okay my one uh, this week is another little bit of a digital purchase um i'm try- i'm trying i really am trying to just <laughs> go to those those digital shelves and normally i'm like why are you recommending this this is nonsense um, and trying to find something that would appeal to me, and I certainly did this week. I think partly still chasing that dragon from uh, Jason McNamara's uh, past tense, that sort of like cool sci-fi crime vibe that I've got going on. I was immediately, and loving uh, a sort of play on words for a comic book title, I picked up a book um, from Boom Comics, Boom Studios and Boom Comics, called uh, Know Your Station. Um, I thought this was a a brand new book, but it seems like uh, it's all come out by now. So, um, I've not seen this. Yeah, this this is uh, written by Sarah Gailey, illustrated by Liana Kangas, coloured by Rebecca Nolte, lettered by Cardinal Ray. Apologies if I murdered any of those names. Um, And basically, um, 
This is, the synopsis is, the wealthiest people in the solar system abandon the Earth for a private sanctuary in space, leaving the rest of us to die amidst cataclysmic climate change. But the 1% won't be safe for long. A murderer is on the loose, specifically targeting the super-rich. Soon, Elise, an employee of the billionaire's space station, is wrapped up in a deadly investigation, with each issue featuring a new diabolically different kill. This is exactly what I just... It says on the tin, this is a murder mystery set in... Uh, basically, like, it, 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 it reminds... You know those classic sort of mid late 70s early 80s you know the sci-fi you know the the sort of space stations when there was something something saying a little bit about society in itself um as well it is totally this space station which is, it says on the first page the first resort i, I mean I, lo- I loved it from page one spoilers i really really like this book um and i I got to show you guys um, this first page actually at some point because you can see the ship, which basically looks there's a little bit of a skyscraper. It's a very sim- simplistic kind of design to it, um, but the the wording about the ship is constantly it's it's like a sort of a marketing team are writing about the ship and then scratching it out. So it says a refuge for those fleeing cl- climate collapse scratches out a state of the art refuge. And then they've scratched out for people who want a better future. And it just keeps going on and on and on until it just sort of says a hub for the future. And they've pretty much eliminated all of the words. So that immediately sets up, right, okay, what's the thinking for this? It has a really novel introduction into the world. Because as you know, with these sort of sci-fi stories, you know, these dystopian or kind of you've got to build the state of the world we're in haven't you like a you know like a soylent great you know you've got to sort of say here's the the sci-fi world that we're in and it does it in a really novel way that i just thought that's just a really good way to immediately get someone on board with where we are with the story because the first few panels it's it it's talking to the reader like they've just got a job at this place so right. it says, "Welcome to the first resort. Today begins your journey into the best future, uh, the best future Earth's wealthiest innovative innovation leaders could imagine. You've been selected from a planet-wide applicant pool to serve as staff on the first resort. Congratulations on your new role in the uh, industry's workforce. Technical staff members serve and support CTO Amanda Slotnick. So it's also, and then it sort of says, science staff members serve to such and such. It's naming certain characters." And at the end of every panel, it says, for technical staff orientation, select here. So it's got that almost an interactive sort of panel to it. Like you're looking at the screen, it's telling you, okay, this is part of it, this is part of it. And then after the first page, it says, you've selected general staff orientation. General staff are the backbone and beating half of the first resort. And then you learn about the way that this station and the people that work there the hierarchy is already then inbuilt so i knew exactly kind of what i was in for when it started um but then it cuts to the main character elise who's just really likable immediately the first time you meet her she's kind of uh she looks hungover and she's she's got a head over a toilet bowl <laughs> like sort of throwing up so like it's kind of a hangover from hell but also, this is a world where they use these synthetic drugs called blue, but they've also got like 
sober gum. So if you want to sober up quickly, you just chew this gum, and <laughs> <Nice>. immediately, <laughs> immediately <laughs> it sobers you up. Yeah, and it's a, it's sober gum, and it's got quitting time written on the packet. And I thought just these great sort of you know high future concepts that are also they seem like something that could be done. <laughs> it doesn't seem too crazy. Um, and she's the main character, but she is also um, going. She has like an AI going around with her, like the like the the shit this this station's sort of AI, which is called Saint Bridget, or, or Bridget. Or, um, so she, you know, it's almost like she's constantly talking to it. So it's almost they're they're sort of a partners, you know. But and we're picking it up just after she has the day before she has discovered a, there's a crime scene that's happened. So we're already in it. Which is another thing I like. There's some some crime stories. It's like slow build, slow build, slow build. All right, last page is the reveal. Okay. Yeah, murder in an alley. Yeah, yeah all right, okay, okay, yeah. right, right. Um, but then, but in this one, it's about ten pages in, ten, twelve pages in, and you see the crime scene, and it was like, oh shit! Like there, there is a guy who's had he's been <laughs> he had his skin peeled basically, and uh, and he's just been hung up on display. Um, but when I say that, it makes it seem like it's there's blood and gore everywhere. It, it is graphic, and this is obviously for mature audiences. But the art is handled in such a way, and it's coloured really nicely as well. That is, it has a. I don't know. It's just a really good way of presenting it. And when, like I, I mentioned, that crime scene, she meets a like an actual proper police officer who's been brought to the station because the main character isn't a detective they're just there to sort of liaise with them they meet this play, uh, policeman and they take him to the crime scene and the crime scene has been completely wiped clean because the victim's hus- uh, wife didn't want anyone to see them like that so it's like oh great you've ruined an entire you know you, you, it's, we can't get anything from this but the AI um can do a holographic projection of what the what it looked like because it recorded it so you have this brilliant it's like a horrific image but it's done in sort of neo like a magentas like a hologram projection right um it's really really well done there's there's a as with all um i mean where i describe there's a lot of darkness going on but there's a wonderful sort of sense of humor going through this as well that immediately sort of in, endears you to certain characters there's um there's one moment that all sort of made me chuckle out loud is when uh Elise is waiting for the the policeman to arrive and she's just she's constantly talking to the AI. Um and the AI is just trying to even though Elise is like, Oh, you know, fuck my life, you know, she's that kind of person like, Oh, this is a shit day. The AI is going, Oh, it's gonna be better, don't worry, you know, always trying to sort of bolster them. Um and the AI is like, It's going to be great. Let's aim lower. It's going to be fine. Lower. Your life is finite, and eventually you will die. Perfect. Need <laughs> <laughs> a little lift sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know. So there's a real, um, there's a sharp wit to it. I was pleasantly surprised by this. There's a twist at the end. Um, maybe it's not the only death you find in the in the first issue, which immediately made me think, okay, this what this book could be going up a level than your traditional sort of uh, sci-fi crime books. And by the end of it, the main character is kind of... They're both put in a position of, okay, I have to investigate this now. And also, oh my God, what the fuck am I going to do? Um, it's uh, By the end of it, I was like, oh, I'm going to 
have to buy all the other issues, aren't I? Because <laughs> it's not available. It seems um, digitally, it's not available as a collection yet. Um, if it was print, I would have ordered it right there and then. Um, oh, there's a mini, did, is it? I did. I did see there's a paperback on Prime. Okay. Mm. Um, but saying that, yeah, it's a mini series. There's five issues. Um, I have bought because the price went down a little on some of the other issues. I've got. Up to issue like th- I think it's three or four I got because I'm thinking, okay, let's see where the story goes. And I like the fact yeah. that I like the fact that they've said from the beginning each issue featuring a fucked up murder. Do you know what I mean? They're the, the sort of state the statement of intent there. Like you've got a sci-fi crime murder mystery set on this, you know, space station for the one percent, the top one percent, which is already fascinating enough. What you can yeah. do, what you can do narratively, socially. Do you know what I mean with those sort of those sort of um story structures are interesting anyway but this one has a real sort of wit and sense of humor and i was just immediately this is really cool and also know your station is just a great title 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 for that yeah you know considering the the societal sort of layers it's got on the story um so yeah i was highly i would highly recommend this uh top top work by the um creators who i don't think i think um Gailey is an author, like a prose author, I think, who's, who's done work before. I don't know if they're going to do any more um, comic work, but I'm, I'm going to read the rest of this and hopefully come back and sort of say, loved it, get it. But yeah, that's mine. Know, know Your nice Station, one. the yeah. series from Boom. Um, okay, fun. Tony. Uh, speaking of fucked up murders. <laughs> Here we go. Here, <laughs> Here we go. Uh, oh, uh, it's, uh, buckle up. This is called A Tale of Terror, issue one. Fuck My Son by Johnny Ryan. Published by Mansion Press, oversized cardstock cover, nine point five inches by twelve point two inches for the uh, those. It's a big one. Yeah, always a big one. Uh, Forty-four pages, fifteen pounds in gosh, not cheap. No, uh, I'm going to say massively overpriced. Yeah, um, thirty-five euros from the Mansion House Press if you want to sketch with it too. Yeah, the big um, spoilers here, and buckle up, people, because the the clue is in the name of the author, Johnny Ryan. <laughs> if I think you Ryan. His last read... comic I read was called Fucky Pages. There you go. <laughs> yes. I read the last half of this. I wish I'd read it all in one sitting. <laughs> we sat in a pub looking at it. I was absolutely right? incredulous. I couldn't stop, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't stop reading it. Um, Mansion Press seemed to be his go-to publisher at the moment. For those that don't know, Mansion Press is a French publisher who puts out English language and I think French language as well. Uh, they've also put out books I've previously talked about, including the comic book Holocaust and Johnny Ryan's Wet Market. Fucking hell, he loves a controversial <laughs> title, that kid, doesn't he? Um, readers with a sensitive nature would best avoid this because it's full of crazy shit. I've written in my notes. There you go. Man, um, that's an understatement. <clears throat> it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um, what looks to be the start of a tale of terror, and it's going to be a different story in each issue when we look at things. It's like a, it's, it's a, it's a big, big, much bigger than a 2000 AD, if you see what I mean. So it's, it's a big comic thing. Um so this this is what happens in it. A mum and her daughter happen across an old lady, and the old lady has fallen over, and she's hurt. She appears to have hurt herself, and um, the daughter doesn't want to help this old lady because she says she smells. And the, but the woman somehow is helped by them. So they they help the old lady. To, she take they take her to a van. She's got a van, which is already a signal, isn't it? This is going to go wrong. And suddenly the woman comes to. She hasn't really got a bad leg, and she stuns them with a taser, and they wake up in her basement. And the mum is tied to a pole with one of those, you know, like those cycle things. They, you can, like a hook, sort of bolt thing. And they put it around her neck and she's on the pole and tied to this pole. And they put the daughter, the daughter in a dog cage. 
Um, <laughs> and they said, what, what, what do you want? You know, what are we here for? Why, why have you, you, you captured us and, you know, trapped us like this? And he says, all I want you to do is to fuck my son. His name is Stephen. Um, turns out that Stephen is a mess. I think you compared him down to that bloke in Robocop who's fallen in the toxic mess. Yes, he's kind of this uh, grotesque. It's, yeah. Yeah. He's just a mass of sores and boils and he can't walk and he's in a wheelchair and he can't really talk. He just sort of says weird things. Um, and <clears throat> if you hadn't realised already at this point, the book goes fucking massively off the deep end yeah. and just like goes goes crazy. So the, the the old woman says to the mum, look, you're going to fuck my son. And she says, I'm not going to fuck your son. So she starts torturing the child who is in a cage. And uh, eventually the woman gives in. Um, here are a few of the highlights that I wrote down that I thought you might like. Um, mum doing a strip tease for the monster son because she can't get him hard. Did you I just, just previous... say that, that we might like? Yeah, which you're going to like. Um, so Jesus she... Christ. The the mum sort of eventually says, all right, stop torturing my daughter, I'll do it for you. And she puts her hand in to where his knob would be and she pulls out a load of worms and spiders. And so she's having trouble getting him hard. So the um, the the woman who's kidnapped them, the sort of granny mum character, says, um, you've got to do a striptease. So she goes, uh, oh, okay, uh, well, because you, you've got to get him hard. And she says, oh, I'll put, she says, here you go. She goes, well, there's no music. I can't dance. She says, oh, I've got a Susan Boyle CD, which they put on. Susan Boyle. Boyle. <laughs> Fuck. Um, at one point, the kids gets put in a microwave. That wasn't nice. Um, the at uh, one point, the mum says, um, so to the woman who, who's trying to have sex with this weird mutant kid says, "I can't get it in." So the the mum spits on her own son's knob to lube it up. Right. Okay. And this was how much? <laughs> Fifteen, sixteen pounds, I think. Um, then you get a shot, quite a, shot, quite a close-up shot of a granny bum hole. That's you know, something I ask for in every my all of my comics. And I, then, gone. I just kept on reading it, forget it can't get worse than this, surely. And then <laughs> it he, does, he, doesn't he, it? It does. And then you say that over and over again till you get to the end, which is like, my god, <laughs> he's just fucking with us, man. He's just yeah, yeah, yeah. playing he's, with us. He's yeah. just trying to do the worst possible thing he can do in comics. And again, post, it makes me laugh that we've got this going on in one set of comics and yet some more mainstream comics they can't bear to someone have an emblem on their chest oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, um, there is an appearance of Queen Latifah in this that's nice I know you're a big fan V um, <laughs> well, that's what we were saying about this, the, the innovation and the, the actual movement coming from small press and indie stuff because effectively the, the bigger boys seem to have been for the most part neutered yeah they are. Yeah, they really do seem to be, don't they? Yeah. Uh, but you got you got Johnny Ryan off doing literally fucking crimes to yeah. humanity in comics. <laughs> you know. he, uh, it, it, you, it jumps between you being absolutely fucking repulsed and thinking, I can't take this in public. What if I died and yeah, someone found this in my house? You know, so it's almost like a kind of like a, a farce, like you know those. Yeah. sitcom fast but like absolutely grotesque like grotesque and and it's done wrong. in sort of sort of sub viz style art yeah you know it's it's almost childlike in the cartooning you know it's, it's it really is harking back to some right really crazy underground comics that we've seen years ago um if this is the sort of thing that you you think you'll like then um Go and hand yourself in at the police station, firstly. Um, but otherwise, you can go to man- themansionpress.com and buy a copy. There are some in Gosh. 
they've sort of got an import import stamp on them so they're a bit more expensive um but yeah you can go and get this and it's called um i'll tell you the whole title again a tale of terror issue one fuck my son by johnny ryan there you go folks hello uh, um uh i don't mm. know what to say do you know what I mean i i do know what to say i never want to meet him do you know what I should say? Yeah, what? This this Friday. Oh yeah, <laughs> the twenty eighth. We're oh. doing a surprise drink and draw for the uh, Awesome Comics podcast. Yeah, uh, organised by this chucklehead Tom Curry. Uh, yeah, on the Slack and on the socials. But put aside this Friday for uh, another drink and draw. We only did one. Before oh, we was it? Yeah, yeah. Nice so little low key one we'll have. This one to get back into sync. So yeah. the last Friday of every month or so. So uh, do come along, say hello. Last last time was a, a good laugh. Yeah. Yes. So Friday, twenty eighth of April. I think okay. we kick about seven seven thirty. Is yeah. that correct? The details will be on the Slack. Yeah, seven thirty normally, isn't it? Yeah. Do so, some, uh, do, pop along, do some doodling, have a bit of a chat, talk some comics with a lovely group of people. What more mm. do you need? What do you need? And thank I'm you. I'm thinking of heading up to Glasgow Comic Con at the start of June if anyone's going to be there as well. So let me know. Nice. We get to hear if they do have some guests. I know they just went here on the guests, as mm. I can decide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of things that maybe we'll announce at, po- at some point on the show, if there's anything about this week's show you want us to talk about, mm. uh, talk more about, or if you've got any events or any charity events or any any sort of things you want us to discuss, there's several different ways you can get in touch with us. You can email us awesomecommentspod at gmail dot com. Follow us on social media at the awesome pod. We'll be putting some shout-outs, sometimes um, asking you lovely people for um, questions, recommendations. You know, We, we love, love it when the community gets involved in the show. And uh, we'll always put, put a shout-out for you if you ask for it. If you ask nicely. Just watch yourselves. Don't be, don't be too cheeky. Vince don't like it when you're cheeky, DB. Yeah, well, you know, there is a line... <laughs> uh, the nice guy only goes so far. <laughs> and... <laughs> But there's full of full of nice people on the Slack group though, so please join the Awesome Comics Pod Awesome Comics Podcast Slack group where there's loads yeah, of different on. channels. Yeah. There's it's all kicking off while we've been talking. There's a big yes, chat going on. There, yes, there's talk about yeah. uh, there's a general chat. There's chat about the show. There's chat about crowdfunding. There's chat about art. There's art threads. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and it's wonderful. Just actual sort of positive community chatter, and mm. everyone everyone's welcome. Right, just just be there, be good people. That's all we ask. Be good people and show some love for comics. That's all we ask. Can I, can I give a little um, little pointer for people who contact us with press releases? Um, we're we're all now in the uh, the emails as well, and I, I get them personally as well. If you're going to send us a press release, and I follow it up with a question or a request, then please reply. Yes. That's yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, that is yeah. fair. Although Tony, you sounded really sad. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about that. Please reply. Can you? We got an email saying, "Oh, any chance you promoting this?" I said, "Yeah, no problem. You got yeah. a copy. Send us a copy. Have a look at it." And nothing. And then a couple of weeks later, oh, by the way, any chance when I'm thinking yeah. this is just a cut, cut and paste? I'm ignoring this now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our address has been punched into like Mailchimp, and they just yeah, yeah. find yeah. it out. Yeah. Awesome. Um, other services do 
Right yeah, and, and thank you for thinking of us. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> and thank you for listening to us whether it was on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts subscribe leave a review say some nice things about the show and everything that we talk about because it really does help help the al- algorithm etc um, and also thank a big thank you to all our new listeners we've had a little bit of a bump ever, si- ever since we hit 400 <laughs> um, it's gone up by about 100 yeah so if you're new to the show thank you very much for the continued support and we will endeavour to give you lots of entertainment and hopefully... I'd love to hear some of your, the readers, uh, listeners' thoughts on this episode and Wolf's yeah. comic in particular. Yeah. yeah, I hope it starts a decent, nice conversation. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And uh, if you listen to us on any other network, such as Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what are the networks we on, Tony? Uh, yesterday I did a shit like a magician's hanky. But what other networks are we on? Oh, uh, well, we're on... Pod, it's like I'd stamped on a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> well, if you if you um, if you found this uh, the feed on there, um, probably don't e- email us. It was going almost going to be Pod look like Rolf Harris eating a banana, but I didn't go. Oh for that one. fucking Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, that's one way to fucking kill the momentum of a show, man. Well done, well done. I hope you're pleased. With yourself. I hope you're very, very pleased. I'm with always yourself, pleased when Dan chuckles. Oh, is God. It? God. oh God! We're gonna have to, we, we had some thoughts about like this shopping trip and going into Forbidden, uh, but I think we're going to save them. For you the say that for next week. Yes, yeah, yeah. Next, week, next week. Next week we have got a three amigos show. It's going to be us, and oh, and we'll put a shout out to you. If there's anything you want us to discuss coming up. And what we we'll probably I'm not gonna say probably we're probably gonna rant about something. Oh, thanks to Kieran for the suggestion around the shout out. I'm not doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he um, know. But no, be sure to uh, check us out next week for for more great comic talk. And where can people find us online, etc.? Tony, neveronanything.com. Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic. Uh, I've not got a blue tick. And you can read Vanguard <laughs> at VanguardComic.com. Nice. Or buy any of the comics at D- DZ Publishing. Yeah. You right. can... Oh, nice. Well, you haven't mentioned that before. You haven't mentioned so. that before. You should mention it more often. Uh, you can find me on social media at Jester Diablo. And in all seriousness, thank you very much to Wolf for joining us this week. And yeah, once cheers, again, if, if there was anything we talked about on this week's show that um, maybe. You you were personally touched by um, Tony. Do you want to um, put out the links again? Yeah, so you can go to mind.org.uk. Got a great organisation, man. I know we're DUI three raises money as does a lot of the tribute books around there. Yeah, you can contact the Samaritans in the UK at one one six one two three, and they're a great bunch of people as well. Nice. So I think it's uh, I think it's just prevalent to say wherever you are, if you're listening to this, we hope you're happy, healthy, and doing okay. Um, because in all seriousness, we really appreciate every single one of you that listens to this show. We do, um, yeah. I mean, we're we're just a we're just three idiots who get together <laughs> and you, you just take the piss out of each other <laughs> for an hour and a half. If only you heard the stuff that doesn't go into the, yeah. the edit. Um, but no, seriously, wherever you Make are, Johnny Ryan world, blush. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, Yes, but we hope you're um, doing well, reading comics, making loads of comics, because um, 
all of us, including Tony, we love you. Don't we, Tony? Uh. Dan? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Well, darling, <laughs> do you love me? Yeah, What's why the option? Not? Yeah, why not? In a, in a, in a way. Yeah. Husband <laughs> of the year! I do at the, I do at the moment. In a yeah. way. In a <laughs> way. Adam, the Alan Partridge response. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really love you. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> I think every two episodes we get an Alan Partridge reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and without a doubt. Yeah. Even if it's just me trying to be a presenter and Tony going, you've gone full Partridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, while we're going off to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about next week, have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics. Make keep making brilliant comics. And as always, what should they do, guys? Stay, Stay awesome. awesome. See ya. See ya. See ya.